We ask that you would open our hearts, that you would give us minds that can see what it is that you are saying to us. Lord God, please humble us and help us to see where we need to repent and help us to see how you would have us live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you found yourself in a situation where you are surrounded by people who are saying nice things? Things that are good and pleasing to your ears, but when you dig a bit deeper, you realise that there isn't much good there. Or perhaps it's worse. Perhaps people are saying things that sound good, but the things that they are saying are in fact poisoned by evil intentions in their hearts. And the consequences of their words are that people suffer. In Psalm 12, David is dealing with this exact kind of people. David cries out to God because everywhere he looks, there is no one who acts faithfully anymore. And it's not just some kind of relational insecurity or frustration, but rather an inward, deep moral decay that is fed from their hearts. People are saying nice things and publicly looking the part, but underneath it all, they are in fact rotten to the core. They are promising things, making bold claims, and speaking smooth words, when in fact these things are far from the truth. Their lives, their lies, build themselves up, but hurt others. They act as though there is no God and no judge, and they can do what they like without consequence. As I sat down and wrote these words for today, it was difficult to remember whether I was writing about King David or writing about the world that we live in now. Because as I look out on the world that surrounds us, I see a lot of the same. I see people making statements and promises that are out there only to line their own pockets. They rewrite the truth and bits of history to suit themselves, creating narratives that are designed to make themselves look good, but are actually filled with lies and deception. The choices that they make, the lies they tell, the deceptions that they hold, hurt the people around them, sometimes with great consequence. In times like this, it can be hard. It can be hard to remember that when there doesn't appear to be anyone around who is faithful or loyal, who will speak the truth, sadly, the moral that decay that David writes about isn't just present in the world out there, but it's also present in the church. If anything, recent reports of abuse by church leaders, allegations of sexual misconduct and revelations of inappropriate leadership behaviour highlight how relevant these words are today. These are people that are saying the right thing in public, behaving in an appropriate way, But behind closed doors, the colour of their hearts takes flight. The true attitudes and desires of their hearts are shown and their evil deeds take full force. And in the face of such hypocrisy, those who have been hurt and victimised by these people have every right to cry out like David did because it can seem like evil has won and that there is nothing good left. David's solution to the problem of these two-faced individuals is simple. He cries out in verse 3, May the Lord silence all flattering lips and every boastful tongue. 
You see, while these people think that their words will get them through and that they will be able to sweet-talk their way out of anything, they have forgotten that the Lord God, the creator of the universe, is in fact ruler and judge of all. And he will not leave the wickedness of these people unpunished. Because the poor are plundered and the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will protect them from those who malign them. The image of God arising should provoke fear in our hearts. It's not a new picture in the Psalms, but one of vengeance and judgment that we've already seen. In Psalm 3, David writes, Arise, Lord, deliver me, God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. And in Psalm 7, he's written, Arise, Lord, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, my God, decree justice. Let the Lord judge the people. Vindicate me, Lord. Bring an end to the violence of the wicked and make righteousness secure. It's a picture of God's righteous judgment, one that will bring an absolute end to the deceit and evil of those who are wicked. In contrast to the flattering lips of those who harbour deception in their hearts, the words of God, his words of justice and judgment and safety, are pure words. They are beautiful, perfect and true. Instead of promoting deception and vileness, they are words of truth and beauty. And that's why David reflects on them, saying, The words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times. David takes great comfort in God's coming judgment. He rejoices that the evil and the wickedness will be done away with, and that God will vindicate those who are righteous. He describes God's promise as one like gold refined through a fire. Not just purified once, but like the most pure, perfectly purified gold, refined seven times. He knows that God will protect those who need it and bring justice. He knows that God will rise up and protect those, those who need it. And like sheep who, are without, who need a shepherd, protect them from all evil. It's a beautiful picture. In the midst of falsehood all around, it can be hard sometimes to remember God's promise. It can be easy to forget that he has promised to rise and protect his people. But of course, God has not left us alone and unprotected. On a hill just outside Jerusalem over 2,000 years ago, our God died an unjust death and three days later came back to life. And in doing so, claimed victory against all the wickedness that is within this world. His death and resurrection began his final judgment against all who harboured wickedness in their hearts. And he has given us his spirit to protect our hearts and preserve us until the day he returns. But as we look at the rest of the Bible, we are reminded, as Paul says in Romans, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, there is no one who seeks God. All have turned away, they have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. And it's easy for us to paint a picture of the us and them like we have so far today. 
those who are righteous and those who are not. But Paul reminds us that the description that David gives us at the start of Psalm is the Psalm is applicable to all of us. We are careless with our words and harbour sin in our hearts. We don't seek God and our hearts have turned away from him. Yet, even in this broken, sinful state, God offers us forgiveness. Because on that cross 2,000 years ago, it was not only the Lord Jesus who died, but also our sinful selves. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body that was ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. And while the evil actions of those who do not know God in their hearts appear to prevail, we can hold on to the truth that these things are just temporary. While those around us act like there is no God and there is no one who judges them, we know the truth. The Lord God, the judge of the universe, is coming back soon. And he has died to save us. And the question that we ask is how long must we wait? And it's not a new question. As we read the book of Revelation, we see exactly the same question being posed by the saints. In Revelation 6 from verse 10, it says, They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters, were killed just as they had been. It gives us pause to think that while we may think of those in our lives who have wronged us or spoken evil against us and cry out for judgment against them, there are those who trust Jesus who have been imprisoned falsely, abused or killed due to the lives and false testimony of others. But God's answer is still the same. He will return in just a little while and judge the earth. So what do we do now? Well, just like the saints in Revelation, we must wait. We know that the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, but he is patient. When he returns for his final judgment, it will be just that, final. There will be no more second chances. His judgment will bring the wickedness of the world to an end. God is patiently waiting for all who will come to trust him to do so, because this will be it. In James chapter 3, we also read about the role of words and the tongue in our lives. It says in James chapter 3 from verse 5, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. The bright and colourful language should remind us that just as David was crying out because of people doing and saying evil things, so we too can be agents of false and evil words. The words that we say are a window into our souls and hearts. And James goes on to say, With the tongue we praise our, Father in our, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. 
Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. As we continue to wrestle with sin, it can be easy for our words to do damage and for our lives to, in fact, be a showcase of hypocrisy, just like those that David was speaking about in the psalm. Our hearts can be coloured by bitter envy and selfish ambition, and our words and actions can overflow from this. James tells us that this kind of action is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Those are hard-hitting words, but he does so to remind us to keep our bodies and our lives in check. We need to be careful with our words, and we should show wisdom in what we say. And just like God's words are beautiful, pure, and refined, James reminds us that the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. We need to look at our words and our actions and consider whether we need to repent of our behaviour and the things that we have said and done. Our words and actions should show the colour of their hearts and they should mirror God's character in our lives. We should put our trust in the great God and creator of the universe who forgives us and sustains us and who will protect us. And we should seek his heart and his character in all we do. And so let's pray and ask God to help us do that. Our Lord God, in a world that is marred with sin, that is surround, in a world where we are surrounded by people that don't know you and that act in ways that are contrary to your commands and your laws, it can be easy for us to be frustrated, for us to be scared, for us to feel alone, for us to cry out like your people did. How long, Lord? But Lord God, you have told us that your judgment is coming. You have told us that there is a day when you will bring an end to the wickedness of this world. Lord God, as we look at our hearts, we know that we are, in and of ourselves, wicked people. We do evil things and we don't seek you. But, Lord God, your spirit lives within us and changes us. Lord God, we thank you for the forgiveness that you offered through your son's death on the cross. And we pray that you would bring us with repentant hearts to you, that you would help us to turn in obedience. We pray that you would continue to refine our hearts and that you would help us to live righteous, holy and upright lives. Lord God, we pray that you would protect us and preserve us. Lord God, we pray that you would bring your judgment day quickly and swiftly. But Lord God, that you would also bring salvation to all of the people who you have called to be your own. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.